Thanks, guys. I am very excited for winter camp, and I think it's going to be lots of fun. Um, for those of you who I haven't met yet, as Taylor said, my name is Kaylee, and I am so glad that you guys are here tonight. Um, and we get to continue in our psalm series, short series that we're doing. Um, so I want to start off with asking you guys a question, um, just for you guys to be thinking about. The question is, what do you put your trust in? This is a question that I want you guys to be thinking about, and it is a question that I had to ask myself as I was preparing this sermon. For me, I put my trust in my ability to do things well. I put my trust in my own understanding, in my plans, in my perceptions. I often put my trust in the people around me looking to them to be able to help me or fix all of my problems. And the problem that we can run into is that we put our trust in all the wrong things. Tonight, we will be looking at who we should put, be placing our trust in and why. The text we will be looking at is Psalm 146. The Psalms are both a prayer book and a hymnal. Hym hymnal. Hymnal. <laughs> um, for the Jewish nation. Uh, the Psalms were often set to music and sang as a form of worship to God. This particular psalm was written by King David towards the end of his life and is found at the end of the collection of psalms. This psalm is called a hallelujah song and is a song of praise. Uh, I found this quote that helps give some context. In the earlier psalms, we have studied the writer's grief, shames, sins, doubts, and fears. We have witnessed the people of God and their defeats and victories, their ups and downs in life. We have encountered rebellious words and struggling faith. All this is behind us now. In these final psalms, every word is praise. So with this in mind, let's go ahead and turn to Psalm 146 as Paige comes up to read our text for tonight. I praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those who help in the God of Jacob, is, whose hope is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the, ca the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed, who are bowed down. The Lord gives the righteous. The, the Lord gives the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. The God of Zion for all generations. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Paige. So we see in the first couple of verses that the author begins with a declaration of praise to God. In these verses, David himself is praising God and is also exhorting others to praise God as well. And in verses 3 through 4, David transitions to a warning against putting too much confidence in man. He says, do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. When reading this, what I found interesting is that the person who is telling the audience to not put their trust in princes and human beings who cannot save is their king. 
King David is speaking from a place of knowing what it is like to be someone with authority, with the power to rule, who has the means to make things happen, who is in charge of caring for and protecting the people. Yet he says not to trust in princes, to not trust in human rulers. I believe David knew from experience that even the human who had the most power and authority was still a human being with limitations. In verse 4, when David says, When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that day, their plans come to nothing. He is referencing Genesis 2-7, which says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And also Ecclesiastes 12-7, which says, And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. So from these scriptures, we see that it is from the dust that God formed human beings. We are created beings who are given life by the very breath of God. Likewise, we are created beings whose physical lives are temporary. Like the rest of creation, our body will perish. We are mortal and we are fragile and frail. David talks about how a human plan will come to nothing. A human being may have good intentions with plans to help, to save, to provide for others, but ultimately all a person's plans and abilities will eventually cease, just as our physical bodies will cease. Esther Min comments on this verse. She says, even the best public officials, teachers, business leaders, and social change agents are limited in their efforts to help those in trouble. Not because they are evil, but because they are disappointing. Those who promise assistance are themselves mortal. Ultimately, I think the point David is trying to make is that humans are limited in their abilities, understanding, and lifespan. Therefore, the help we can get from humans is limited. And the amount of trust we can place in humans is limited. So let me give you guys an example of this. I am sure all of us has at least one friend. Do we all have at least one friend? Yes. <laughs> so um, no matter how great that friend is, I am sure that they have done something that has upset you or hurt you or made you angry. They have probably done something that has disappointed you or let you down. And sometimes our friends don't do this on purpose. They may say something the wrong thing at the wrong time, even though they had good intentions. Maybe you guys had plans to hang out and they canceled at the last minute and you were disappointed. Maybe you had plans to go to the dance together, but they found a date. I'm speaking from experience in high school. <laughs> and that sucks. <laughs> um, maybe your friend is going through a really rough time themselves and they can't be there for you, even though they said they would always be there for you. The list can go on and on. But I'm sure all of us have experienced a friend letting us down in some way, shape, or form. And just because people let us down doesn't make them bad people. It does not mean that we cannot trust them at all. What the psalmist is trying to say is that we cannot fully trust people. We cannot put all of our trust in people. And here's a question I was thinking. How do we know that God is not this way? Let's continue and look at verses five through six to see why. Blessed are those who help in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in it. He remains faithful forever. 
I created a list that I want to show you guys that I think will help us to see some of the differences between human beings and God. Also, Taylor thinks it's weird when I say the word human beings. <laughs> us and God. Um, human beings cannot save. God is the savior of the world. Human beings were created from the dust and will return to the dust. God is the maker of heaven, earth, the sea, and everything in them. Human beings are flawed, while God is perfect. Human beings will disappoint, while God remains faithful forever. Human beings will let us down, while God is fully trustworthy. Human beings' plans come to nothing, while the Lord's purpose prevails. Humans are limited, while God is limitless. There is a stark contrast between humans and God. While it is not a bad thing to look to humans for help sometimes, they ultimately are unable to help us in the same way that God can. God will never let us down. God has the ability to save us in the ways that human can't. humans can't. There is nothing that God can't do, no situation too big, no heart too broken that he cannot mend, no area of our life that he cannot bring healing. We can look to him to be our hope and help. Some of you may be thinking, well, God has let me down. Or maybe you're thinking, God has not been faithful in my life. And a question I would ask to that would be, has God let you down? Or have people who are Christians let you down? I know for me, I've been let down by Christians, and I took that as God letting me down. Growing up, I was taught by Christians at my school that God was angry, that I had to work my way into heaven, that he was distant, that he wasn't personal, that I couldn't have a relationship with him. And because of this, I thought God was that way, and I thought God wanted nothing to do with me, and I have found that to be the furthest thing from the truth. Unfortunately, although Christians are supposed to represent God and be like God in their words and actions, they are still merely human beings and can hurt us and let us down. However, Christians or people that claim to know God and speak for God are not God. Let me ask you guys another question, and I want answers for this one. How would someone earn your trust? If you just met a new friend, how would somebody earn your trust? Does anybody have any ideas? Kaylee? Returning a book that you lent them in pristine condition. Cool. Okay. Time? Like it would take time over time? Okay. Any other ideas? Getting to know them first. Yeah, that's good. I saw Anna. If they buy you food. Allie? Being real, right? Those are all great answers. Oftentimes, for someone to earn our trust, it takes a lot more than just words. I heard a couple of you actions, right? We need to be able to see that someone is trustworthy through their actions. In the next few verses of our text, we get to see God's faithfulness to his people through his actions. Let's read verses seven through nine. He upholds the cause of the oppressed 
and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blinds. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and widow, but he frustrates the ways of the wicked. One thing we see from these verses is that God is active and present. He does not sit on the sidelines and merely watch us as we go through struggles in life. God does not just tell us that he loves us and cares for us. He shows us that he loves us and cares for us. Scripture tells us that the Lord upholds, he gives, he sets free, he lifts up, he loves, he watches over, he sustains his people. God shows us through his actions that he can be trusted. Therefore, we know that we can look to God for help. When we put our hope in God, we can have full assurance in his power, provision, and character. Something that I love about scripture is that we can see Jesus in every part of it. Although this psalm is found in the Old Testament, we can still see Jesus in it. And as Christians, we believe that we can see the fullness of God in who Jesus is. So let's look at a couple of scriptures from the New Testament that are very similar to the actions of God that we see in our psalm. Matthew 9 says, Jesus opened the eyes of the blinds. Luke 13 says, Jesus raised those who are bowed down. Jesus loved the righteous. Jesus watched over the the strangers. Jesus blessed the fatherless and the widow. Jesus turned away, turned the way of the wicked upside down. We see that Jesus is the same God that we see in our psalm. The God who is trustworthy, faithful, and actively working in our lives. And in the same way, we see in this psalm that God is fu- alone, that God alone is fully able to save, is fully able to help us. So Jesus alone is fully able to save and help us. Scripture teaches in Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No human has the ability to eternally save us, but the only person who could save us came to earth to to do just that. Jesus showed us that his love for us is trustworthy and true by laying down his life for us on the cross. Jesus is the one that you can turn to to find help and hope. And as I'm ending, I have one last question I want you guys to be thinking about tonight that we're gonna process in our small groups. Who are you going to put your trust in? Whenever we put our trust in people, they will ultimately let us down. Not because people are bad or evil, but because people are flawed and imperfect. When we put our trust in God, we are putting our trust in someone who is secure, someone who remains faithful forever. Sometimes the first step in trusting God begins by telling him that you have a hard time trusting him. This is something I have personally admitted to God many, many times, even today. I personally have a hard time trusting God. And I have learned that trust is something that is earned and it comes over time. 
I trust God more and more as I continue to see his faithfulness in my life. And there are times when I think he won't show up or that he'll let me down, but he never does. I believe that God is not angry or upset with us when we confess that we have a hard time trusting him. Rather, I think he is pleased with us for coming to him and being honest and real with him. And I believe that just as God has proven himself to be trustworthy in this psalm, that over time, God can also prove himself to be trustworthy in your own life. Sometimes it just takes the first step of coming to God and being transparent and honest about our lack of trust. Here are some practical ways we can work on putting our trust in God. Coming to him in times of trouble and need. Seeking his counsel and direction for our lives. Processing through what you are going through in life, whether good or bad with God. Recognizing that we don't have control over a situation and choosing to trust in God's sovereignty. Praying and asking God to help you to trust his plan. We can't trust, we need God's help for us to be able to trust him. It's hard sometimes to trust God, especially when we've been through really hard times of of people letting us down. But God wants us to trust him and will show his faithfulness to us. So I would just encourage you guys tonight, if you're having a hard time trusting God, know that you're not alone. Know that I experienced that as well. Know that it's not always easy, but that we can talk to God about that and that he can begin to work within us and begin to show us his true character. I want to leave you guys tonight with this big idea. It is simply this. God is trustworthy. In tonight's text and throughout scripture, we can see that God is trustworthy through his faithfulness to his people. So let's take some time to discuss what this means together in our small groups.